backing it to make it clear. It's your host Rob Lowe bringing y'all season three, episode thirty-three. Yeah, yeah, that got a ring to it. The show always got a ring to it, though. Welcome to Facts and Stats. This is four quarters number five, all basketball show, four topics plus an extra. I got NBA updates. I got a Black History shout out to Moses Malone. I got a salute to Sedonia Prince for speaking out. I got a sample of March Madness plus. I got a rack of upsets already. Already is right, y'all, but that's going to close out the show. Starting off, we got one of the best college basketball games from yesterday. Punching the ticket to the Sweet 16 is the three-seed Arkansas Razorbacks versus the six-seed Texas Tech Red Raiders. Now, the Texas Tech... Red Raiders took control early, y'all. Ten minutes into the game, they had a ten-point lead right off the bat, mainly because Terrence Shannon Jr., the small forward, Slim was getting to the rim easy, slashing, creating offense, getting in the paint, setting up other people. They were just getting easy offense in the early going. That's where Jalen Tate come in. He wasn't the main defender on Shannon, but overall his defensive pressure, his defensive energy started that comeback. Davis, uh, the lefty number two, was hitting them smooth mid-range jumpers. That was on offense for Arkansas. Justin Smith, the power forward, was rolling to the rim off the pick and rolls. The first, matter of fact, the first play of the game, he catch the jump going to the rim. Jump up, body somebody in the air, lay the gentleman, and one. So that was the type of energy that Smith was coming with. Shout out to him. Arkansas had one more piece they was working with on their comeback, though. They did a real good job of playing through Jalen Williams. That's the big man, the center, tallest player on the team. He was playing in a high post, and that's the area where you know, you got free throw line and a little bit further back from the free throw line in any direction, you know what I'm saying? But just inside the three-point line where he got the ball and he's standing, you know, looking, looking, basically letting the offense flow through. And he's hitting the people that's cutting back door, the guards that's, that's slashing to the rim while, the, while his, his man is defending them. But he's paying attention to the big man in the middle of the floor and people picking and people just getting open shots based off of his passing in that high post position. And I see a few teams in college basketball doing that. Uh, Loyola Chicago do that. Um, a couple other teams too. And it's for real, for real, it's the Nikola Jokic effect to me. The Joker effect is is trickling down in the college basketball where these big men, the, the synergy, like want to be the point guard in certain scenarios. And when he is a gifted passer, when he do got timing, then it's, it's easier to run offense for real, for real, because the man is usually guarding the rim, trying to block all the shots is on him and he's further away from the basket so that's a real good strategy and that's the strategy that had arkansas up 13 points with eight minutes left in this game but texas tech couldn't rock like that you know not not if they was going to make it to one of the best college basketball games of the weekend they start hitting them threes y'all reservations for three reservations for three reservations for three on uh, all them three threes in a row y'all 
And all of a sudden, just like that, boom, they was right back in the game. McCullough, too, the, uh, the point guard or shooting, whatever you want to call it, he was handling the ball a lot. And I, I rock with Slim because he go at his own pace. And he was just getting in a lane whenever he wanted to, drawing fouls, finishing, getting and ones, all, all type of different stuff was happening once he got in the paint. And so he was a big, you know, reason why they started that comeback. But when palms were sweaty, knees was weak, arms was heavy. It was Moses Moody, the freshman from Arkansas that really got to his spots on the court, pulled up for two, cashed it, swish, no rim, pulled up for three, hit that joint off the backboard, call it lucky if you want. But when you got that type of, you know what I'm saying, that type of swag, when you got that type of sauce, you, that, you know you the man, you taking them shots, times that joint will bank in for you, you get lucky, you ain't even got to call it. But the last couple possessions for Texas Tech, they lost the opportunity to do something special, y'all. Cutting on the back door, about 45 seconds left. Slim tried to lay it up. It was good defense by my man Jalen Tate in the paint right there. Come down the next time, turnover. Arkansas get the steal. They miss one free throw, hit one, so it's a two-point lead. Texas Tech dribbling down. They looking for their best player, Slim, that transferred from Georgetown to Texas Tech, the one that's never scared to shoot them late game or any shots at all. He couldn't get open and get the ball, so the point guard just looking around like, all right, I guess I'm going to just try to go to the rim. He get all the way to the rim, and as he go up, lefty, if you ask me, if you ask me, I'm not wearing stripes right now, but if you ask me, he got fouled, y'all. I feel as though he should have been going to the free throw line with a chance to tie up the game, y'all. That's what should have happened. And as you can hear it in my voice, no foul was called. And at the end of the day, I can't have a problem with that because that's how the game should have ended. Arkansas was locking up towards the end of the game. So I got to give a big time shout out to them. Now, not all players from NBA history went through March Madness, second quarter of the show, Black History shout out quarter. And today is going out to Moses Malone, born March 23rd, 1955. Happy early birthday. One day off, it would have been an official birthday shout out, but you may as well call it an early birthday present. Born in Petersburg, Virginia, shout out VA like I always do, DMV, all day, a day. Straight out of high school, y'all, not straight out of come straight out of high school, but he did go three years with the ABA. Now, that's not like the G League or, you know, a minor league system. The ABA was a full-functioning uh, basketball league that was competing with the NBA back in the day. Things ain't work out. So after three years, his first NBA team was the Houston Rockets. That was in 1976. He went 20 points and 15 rebounds right off the break, y'all. And his scoring only went up in the next few years. His rebounding, it capped the next season, but that was only because he averaged 17 and a half rebounds a game. 
you know, when you get up to them 17, you got to put the half in there. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I should round that. That's a round up because .5 and up is a round up for math class, right? All right, so 18 rebounds that year. That's crazy, bro. Some people, some of these big men not even getting 18 rebounds in a week. Sheesh. Six foot ten, two sixty. Had that natural strength about him. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, again, a lot of taller NBA players. They got to put the weight on. They got to get finet. They got to learn how to, you know, really post up. Nah, that was him right off the break. He had that jump hook. He loved that mid range once he got to a certain point in his career. But when he was getting to the rim, driving and and shooting that jump hook. What made him special was he was a quick second jumper. So you see that with Zion nowadays, but not in a sense of that type of athleticism. He wasn't a, a high riser or a dunker, but he just had great anticipation. Like every time he would go up and try to finger roll or, you know what I'm saying, scoop the joint in off the, off the glass or whatever, he automatically, as soon as his feet touched the ground, he right back up trying to get that rebound. ASAP, and he did that so much, y'all. He did that so much. It was a running joke in the NBA that he was padding his stats by by doing that. Like they they was saying that he he was missing some shots on purpose just so he did it. He, it was highlights of him just uh going up. Nope. Uh, let me get that. Up. Uh, shoot again. Nope. Up. Uh, let me get that. Uh, shoot again. Not over here. Up. Uh, Reverse, good. But that's two points, three rebounds right there. People was like, yo, that's how you be getting all them rebounds. You know what I'm saying? But he used that same quickness, or that second jump, that same anticipation on defense to be a great shot blocker. He was, of course, 260. So ain't nobody moving slim. When they try to post him up, he just look at him like, whenever you ready, I send that shit out of bounds, bruh. That's how cold Moses Malone was with it. In 1980, 28 points and 15 rebounds during that season got him his first MVP award. Even though the Houston Rockets was 40 and 42, the eighth seed in the West, that mean they was the last team to get in the playoffs from that conference. And that ain't no shade. That's just me setting up how crazy it was that they ended up beating the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. I mean, I can't take no shame in that as a Lakers fan. First off, Moses Malone was a dog. Second off, everybody else in the West got it too. Slim took an eighth seed to the finals and won two games off Boston Celtics and uh, Larry Bird and them, you know what I'm saying? That ain't work out for him that season. Two years later, he ended up getting the MVP again, but I guess... Things wasn't working out as the Rockets thought, or maybe they was just not that smart as an organization. I'm going to go with the second one because you don't trade no two-time MVP. I'm sorry, but hold up. Did, did, did James Harden win two MVPs? Nah, he won one, but he could have won two, but it's the same kind of deal with the Houston Rockets, you know what I'm saying? And I want to put that in as a, you know what I'm saying, like comparison Almost like Harden going to the Nets, but times five because he ended up going to the Philadelphia 76ers, y'all. And what I got to get straight for y'all is this. Moses Malone went to the finals at 80, like I told y'all, but Dr. J and the Sixers went to the finals at 81 and 82. 
So we talking about two men in the last three finals that didn't win any because they ran up against Magic and Bird along with stacked teams. So when you put them two together, they already knew what was about to happen. 65 and 17, the best record in the NBA in a regular season. And guess who won another MVP? Moses Malone. That'll be three of them things in about six years. My fault. My fault. That's 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 three of them things from what 1980 to 1984. So he won. He won three MVPs in four years, y'all. That's crazy right there. But he was so confident going in. He should have been that confident with all the damn MVPs. He was so confident going in. He said the famous line, fo, fo, fo. That's how he said it. That's how he meant it. And what he meant is the Sixers was only going to need four games to beat every Western Conference team in the playoffs. Sweep, sweep, sweep. What had happened was the Bucks in the second round got them in game four. So that, that you know, that it didn't go exactly as he planned. But what he didn't add in was the finals. If you add that in, they had three sweeps. Five games in the middle, and then three sweeps, including sweeping the Lakers. Damn. That 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 one, that one. Now, now, now Moses hurting my feelings a little bit. But like I said, he was a dog, so what else could I expect? What I should have expected was a championship at some point, and that's what he got in 1984 with the Philadelphia 76ers. Big shout out to that. He played 10 more seasons in the NBA for a handful of teams, including the Bullets for two years. Anybody with the Bullets, anybody with the Wizards, y'all get extra points in my book, but he don't even need them extra points because on this day, March 22nd, 1994, he scored to move into third place all-time NBA scoring list with 27,317 points, y'all. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hall of Famer in 2001, salute to the legend. We at halftime now. And this is where I slow the convo down and I branch out from basketball to a real situation. And today I'm on the NCAA and they and they treatment of you know the, the women college basketball players within this 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 March Madness bubble that they got going down up in I feel like it's Indiana. Wherever it is, shout out to Sedonia Prince. The young lady from the Oregon College basketball team tweeted out a, a video of, I can't even call it a weight room. They gave, gave her and the women a weight rack. So they basically had 10 different weights, whereas the, the men had a whole weight room space and different styles of exercise equipment. How y'all even fix y'all mind to even think some shit like that was okay? Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm, I'm, it's not it's not my turn yet. I want to tell y'all how crazy wild the NCAA really is because in a statement they said that the women's COVID nineteen area was too large to make changes and they wanted other places other spaces that was empty to eventually become a weight room. I ain't write these quotes down because I ain't feel like they was worth shit. And I still don't feel like that. So I'm going to stop wasting y'all time with even putting their perspective out there. Because I can tell you firsthand, it's some bullshit. I want to go to a quote from Sidonia's mother. She said, I quote, Instead of rules that enforce players as property, the NCAA can enforce Title IX to ensure that females is treated with equality. Facts. If y'all don't know, Title IX is a rule slash law, you could say, within the NCAA that they enact when a culture of disrespecting women, putting hands on women in a number of different ways has become a culture at a certain university. It's been several where a lot of different, you know, allegations were made and I don't want to call them allegations like they weren't, weren't true, but there were a lot of cases brought up in that manner with a lot of different colleges where the NCAA say even if something doesn't come out of the true sense of the courtroom, in our courtroom, we still punish it. So you hold it in that standard over there, but for something as simple as a weight room, you can't get it right. You got to be told twice. And, and it's sad that it even had to be done like this, for real, for real. But... I feel as though this showed up the power of the people, the power of the internet, but not in the sense of how people usually talk about it. The power of the internet in a sense that it's raw. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's unfiltered, like straight from from her words, straight from her video, straight from her room straight from her setup is no way that the NCAA can come down and be like oh nah y'all was blind she was just playing woo 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 like it could have been done in the past I'm sure it's been situations like this where people spoke up and oh we, they'll probably clean it up for them maybe a little bit but they'll do it on the hush 
Oh, don't tell nobody we did that. Now we we just fixed that up. Nah, y'all need to be put out on front street. Cause first off, y'all might not have done it in the first place if it wasn't out on front street. Y'all probably wouldn't have fixed up all of this shit. But the fact that you gotta be embarrassed. That's what some people need. Like the people that will actually let something like this go through need to be embarrassed in public. I'm not saying people need to go out and, and say stuff to them when they see them. I'm saying they name getting dragged need to happen because that's a powerful tool right there. All this money y'all making off these athletes Y'all saving on payroll because y'all not paying these athletes. And then we come to a situation like this. It should be enough money in a path for anybody to go around. Don't give me that, oh, well, revenue making equals this. And, and, and you got to make a certain amount of income. Don't give me none of that. If you are hosting a bubble for the March Madness Tournament. You are inviting guests over. You bought a mansion and you inviting guests over. I don't care if you invited 10 people, 50 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, because this, this, that's what these is, is people at the end of the day. When you invite an amount like that, People need to be treated equally. I don't, I don't know how much more clear I can say that. And if you're not doing that, then one, your ass shouldn't be running no event, but two, you definitely need to get dragged through the mud like I was saying earlier, man. And this is not confined to the NCAA. I got I to gotta send a shout out to NBA too because the WNBA was, was saying... Not the exact same thing, but in a sense, it was like they was talking about how the food options wasn't as good. They was getting trash food options. The living arrangements they had just was boarded up and, and they had rat traps of, in their little, you know what I'm saying? In their laundry rooms and all throughout they Nah, bruh. Nah. That ain't even right, bro. I don't even see how you, how you fix yourself to even do some shit like that. Because to me... I know people want to give what's going on nowadays a lot of different names. I feel like this movement is about respect and equality. That's what this movement is about to me, respect and equality. So that, that stretch to any profession, that stretch to any walk of life, the treatment got to be the exact same. In any sense, if you got two people in any situation, they need to be treated with the same amount of respect because they equal. My main goal on this show is to promote talent from sections of our history, black history, because... I'm coming from the perspective of a black man. That's what I know. That's what I'm educated on. But I want to use my platform to become more educated and help 
anybody who not being treated with respect and not being given equality. And I want to do that by, by shedding light on these situations. So shout out to Sidonia. Shout out to everybody that's fighting to be equal. All right, y'all. We back on the court for the third quarter. NBA ain't been on TV as much lately, but they still playing games. Otherwise, I wouldn't have these good, good updates for y'all. Thursday night, Carl Anthony Towns, a.k.a. Cat, had 41 points in Phoenix on the Suns. Anthony Edwards, the rookie, the number one pick, say, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm number one, so I got what you got. Plus one, I got 42 for you, and the upset went over the Phoenix Suns. And when I say upset, I do mean upset. This is college basketball terms. This would be like a 15 seed beating a two seed. Hold up, hold up. I'm talking too fast. I'm gonna get to that. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray ain't get 40 points like them two got, but they did get two orders of the 34 piece nuggets in a Friday overtime win over the Bulls. They should have saved some for Sunday though. For real, for real, you could have just put them jumps in the oven. You know, it still had the flavor. But instead, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram stole their recipe. They had two orders of 30 in they Sunday win over the Denver Nuggets. And the last game update from yesterday. I'm not going to say nothing about the actual Lakers team because they're going through some stuff right now. But Chris Paul did get... Assist number 10,000 plus a triple-double on the side in the Suns Sunday win over the Lakers. I want to shout out to the Suns overall. Second seed in the West, 28-13 and 13 overall in history, NBA history. It's only eight players that have shot 50-40-90. What that means is 50% from anywhere on the court, 40% from beyond the three-point line, and then 90% from the free-throw line. I couldn't even imagine or even try to research if a team has done that, y'all. Like, I tried Google, NBA, all, all my basketball reference, all my regular websites. Nobody even, they looked at me, bruh. I was just about to say Google just looked at me. But that's basically what it did, because Google know anything. So Google looked at me, bruh. And said, I don't know what the hell you talking about. 50, 40, 90, 14? They so close, y'all. Second in the NBA in field goal percentage at 49%. Fifth in the NBA in three-point percentage at 39%. Now, this is the hard one. They third in the NBA in free throw percentage at 83%. So, that's going to have to... Tick up fast, but if it do happen, y'all know I'm be here to let y'all know. They second in the NBA in assists overall, too, so they passing that ball around and getting them open looks. And the Spurs is known for that, for real, for real, as a team. Shout out to the Spurs. Uh, seventh seed in the West, surprisingly, 22 and 17. They had a much faster pace than usual. Uh, they usually in the middle towards the end of the league and the most shots taken overall. But this year, they in the top 10 in that, playing at a much faster pace, 
playing small ball with DeMar DeRozan at the four position, LaMarcus Aldridge at the five, and even with all that extra speed, they still second fewest turnovers in the league. So they speeding up their pace, but they not giving the ball away. And that's always a key to winning basketball games. And they need to keep winning because they missed the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years or some crazy stuff like that last year. So Coach Popovich hungry. Anybody on the squad hungry to represent how the Spurs regularly represent. And we back to March Madness for the fourth quarter. Last topic. I'm going to show some love to the underdogs of the tournament because they've been going crazy. Let me get let me get ready for this one. Opening night, Friday night officially. Six upsets, y'all. Six upsets. One of them was North Carolina, my favorite team. They got dragged so bad. I ain't even want to watch the second half, y'all. That's how bad it was. So I'm, I ain't even going to bore y'all with that. I'm going to get on to closing out the first round of play. That's what they did on Saturday. But when I was watching Saturday, I seen four more upsets, y'all. Second round start yesterday. Guess what? FOMO. 14 out of the 40 games this weekend. The underdogs won. That's one out of every three games, people. That mean you go underdog, big dog, big dog, underdog. Big dog, big dog, under. It's been, it's, it's been edging towards this way for the last few years, y'all, but I, I ain't never seen nothing like this. All these underdogs don't work, but it only took two days for both of my underdogs that I picked to get smoked up out the tournament. And yeah, I'm bitter. It's why I don't really do no bracket like that no more. It only took three days for three pieces of my final four to be gone. Ohio State, gone. Illinois, gone. Texas, gone. I'm talking too fast. Ohio State on day one versus Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, bruh, they hadn't won a tournament game since 1974. Came back and beat Florida in the second round. But once again, I need a speed limit. I need some breaks in this junk, y'all. Texas on day two versus Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian hadn't won a game in a tournament since 1999. But they got Texas up out of there, and they're going to try to get UCLA up out of there today at 5. Everybody check that one out. But the craziest upset of all to me had to be Illinois. My pick, y'all. My pick to win the college basketball chip is out. Versus the eight seed Loyola Chicago, it wasn't even close. That was the wildest part to me. I would, I love to come up here and say Loyola got lucky, but from the first 
five to ten minute stretch of basketball, I could tell these boys is locking down. Like, it wasn't really one possession for real, for real, that I can think of where they got beat in transition. Where it was like Illinois got out on a break and they got an easy basket. Nah, it wasn't none of that. They was making them play in the half court, speeding them up in the half court, not allowing them to to dump the ball down to Kofi, they big man, which is what they should have been doing. Illinois is out, y'all. Get used to it. Gonzaga, my only final four piece left. I had them get into the chip. They still alive for now. They actually playing right now. Everybody keep your eyes open. These underdogs is looking like the big dogs out here. Be careful with your money, people. If you're putting money down, be careful with it. All the other folk the shows ended with new music. But today, happy birthday to Shawty Low. Happy birthday to Shawty Low. R.I.P., bruh. You had bangers. I know people listening, y'all know. And the people not listening, they know. They know. They know. Rob Lowe. Big. Big up. To all my haters. Don't say nothing to them. They know, they know, got white.